Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. This is our first dispatch uh, post the Toronto International Film Festival. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Gramuga. Colin Ashley, baby! <laughs> Emilio Diaz. All right, yes. we're back. All of us. We're so back. We're we are we are we were there and back again, as J.R. Tolkien once said. Mmm, so true. Uh, Five words, Andy. We're going to be bringing you a number of episodes this week, maybe even five. Uh, more on that at some point. Uh, as they are released. <laughs> yeah. I think we can preview the guests who are fully booked. Uh, sure. At the end of the episode, but yeah, we this is our uh, our first episode back. We're all here uh, for now. In yeah, in our back in our homes. To be yeah, here. we of course waited last week when we talked about Calvary and Andy talked about <laughs> Steam greatest beer run ever. Um, yep, something I definitely did at the film festival. Uh-huh. Uh, but we also are joined today. Uh, bye. I don't remember how you like to be introduced on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Jackson Kim Murphy. Great. full first, middle, last, baby. That's right. All right. Great. From, can we say from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc's from, from Variety. <laughs> uh, we were all hanging out, or no, we weren't all hanging out Andy, with Jackson. No. Famously, I, Andy we, and I missed each other. <laughs> yes, we were, we were ships passing in the night, sadly. Um... But next year, next, next year. year, yeah, it'll be great. Next year, we'll to... yeah, next year. Can I click? It's running out a suite from Wednesday to Sunday, uh, oh, Wednesday oh. to the next Sunday. Gonna be so sick. <laughs> yeah, next year is just gonna be Andy and me, Trebek and Dispatch. That's <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah we have to we have to see all the same movies. We're yeah. just gonna tell you right we're, together. We're just, just gonna do Cisco and Ebert like. <laughs> yeah. God, would I watch that? <laughs> the dynamic is there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, famously, Andy looked like Ebert, but think like Cisco. It's a quote friend Nina. <laughs> All right, but uh, I don't know. We're anyway, kind of just. And I, we should also say we're recording this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah. we don't have like the TIFF award winners. Yet. That's, so that's yeah. Not they're gonna, gonna come in, in this... possibly during a recording tomorrow. So that we'll we'll have those. But uh, not in, baby. Passive yeah. fiction, people's choice. <laughs> the <way>. That was. <laughs> uh, was I, I might have been the only one of us who was at one of the wavelength screening where they all have to say this film is eligible for the People's Choice Award and Andrea Picard was like this film is eligible for the People's Choice Award. I'm still waiting on a wavelength movie to win. <laughs> Keep waiting, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keep waiting. Wait, I do want to say, what happened to Grolsch? Because it's no longer really? the Grolsch. Really? Grol- You're right, choice. and it's I didn't see choice. any Grolsch ads. Maybe people stopped They're drinking They're all Grolsch. in on Peroni now. <laughs> the sponsors really did shake up this year, I feel like. Oh, this yeah, is, this is we, what we're here to get into. Right? Yeah, like, Can we talk about the, the ads? <laughs> the diff free roll ads? <laughs> I actually, I think the plan, I think we have some non-TIFF news sure. that we're going to go over first. We've got, uh, they're all small things. We've got our first word from AFI Fest, uh, which includes uh, the resurfacing of a movie that we'll be talking about at some point this week, if not today. The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's film, will be closing. Uh, and then also be. Continuing its festival run. Yes. Uh, uh, my, uh, presumably, that that may well be the only other festival it plays. I, it se- certainly seems, that to seems be that likely way at this point. Like it's it, not yeah. at like Mill Valley or any of the other right. like mid-sized. Valley. Yeah, if it were doing any kind of like actual run, I assume New York would have gotten it because 
I'm sure they'd love to have it. And of course, the opening film of AFI Fest will be a documentary about Selena Gomez. Wow! Wow! Which, like, the opening slot of AFI Fest, it is, I think it's always a world premiere, and it is, like, frequently a real movie. Sure, it was Tick, Tick, Boom last year. Yeah, so the big yeah. the big short opened. Uh, yeah. Clint's done it a couple times. Yeah, on the basis right. of sex. Wow, it's often like yeah, a movie that like hasn't been ready. Yet. Right, is it's like, like yeah. yeah, and like that's always kind of what AFI Fest is. I, I I guess we'll see if like Babylon does AFI Fest or if they're just skipping entirely. Be ready. Babylon yeah. test screened. It's done. It wasn't. It's not done. According it's not? to the the Giselle was um, like, it's not going to be done. The vanity, yeah. The, yeah, the vanity right. fair first look was like he's still working mm, on it. Maybe it was. Uh, did he do his talk at something. Tiff? Yeah, he did. They, he did. They, and they, he showed they, the they trailer for the, the first time. That's for yeah. the trailer. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Great yeah. trailer. <laughs> Famously, Andy said the only good part is when Gene Smart showed up. I no, I said that that's what really popped in the trailer. Is Gene? She seems good in it. I mean everything. Sure. Like, that movie just looks so good. I guess I'll probably I'm, just I'm see a big, it yeah. when it shows in the theater. I'm worried uh, about yeah. the Margot Robbie performance, but anyway. It looks like I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've it looks ever like every Margot Robbie performance be bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I've never been. I don't know that I've necessarily been like holy shit Margot Robbie, but I've never been like she's bad in anything. I'd be surprised if she all of a sudden was. Uh, but yeah, yeah. then we've got. Maybe the big news item, we've got a major defection. I think we were talking about a few weeks ago, uh, has someone replaced Tabitha Jackson at Sundance? Right. And I was like, we I don't know if they're just, this is so yeah, I was like, I don't know if they're just moving someone who's there into that role, but we got the answer, which is that Eugene Hernandez is going to Sundance. Of New York Film uh, Festival. Yeah, currently with the co-head of New York Film Festival. He's probably about to introduce a bunch of stuff there. Yep, one of the <laughs> and- founders of IndieWire. Uh, Famously, uh, overhyped Titan, where he was like, "I can't believe we're showing this movie; it's too fucked up." <laughs> and then we watched it, and it was like, "Okay, that's like really normal." <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think he'll be like showing off his like parka and stuff? Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be wearing a down jacket the entire time, <laughs> really telegraphing that he's going to hit the slopes, like walking yeah. around in skis, like Where- wearing stopping. oxygen, like on his face, sure, wearing just... oxygen. <laughs> what? But it, but my I, I can't remember if I've said this or not, but my prediction is that. In the next five years, Thierry Frimmel and Alberto Barbera will be at the same film festival. We're going to start getting mm. super teams. Yeah. And none, of, like them are, like none of them are going to be a, yeah. Is it going to be a yeah. new festival? Like the film, I, I the don't know. That I'm not willing. I, it's going to be the whatever the Miami heat of film festivals is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. San Sebastian. Yeah, they both go to San that would be Sebastian. funny. San Sebastian, of course, uh, still. And they announced showing... like their coup of like Woody Allen's last film is like. Oh no, that's movie. not. Well, no, but what, I mean that's not irrelevant to what I was going to say about San yeah. Sebastian, which is as of recording, they are. I think they're happening. Now they started on Friday, maybe. As of recording, they're still going to show the Ulrich Seidel movie that right. may have been they have pulled, pulled from Pit Tiff or for Tiff ethical may concerns. Have pulled. Right. Uh, yeah, there was a <laughs> very extensive article about how the uh, he no one informed any of the parents of the children acting in it that it was a movie about pedophilia, oh. uh, and that. Uh, yeah, really clearly bad. Really many, bad. yeah, clearly many of the children were very uncomfortable. It, yeah, it's Ugh. very bad. Uh, so, so that yeah, might screen I there is what you're saying. Yeah, right. as <laughs> of, having been pulled from it, yeah, it has sort of the Chris yeah. Birdman Anderson of the Heat. <laughs> Real, uh, <laughs> don't want that <laughs> wild card energy. <laughs> And uh, there is also, I I guess the other big pull from TIFF was the People's Joker, which the last update on that was that 
uh, Vera Drew said that she had, like, talked to Tiff about it, and the plan for a few days had been, we're going to do the midnight screening and then cancel everything else, and they, they're not pulling it from other festivals yet. Yeah, because it's supposed to play Fantastic Yes, Fest? yeah. Yeah, I saw on right. Twitter that, uh... And she's, like, going to the, the people who made it were talking about that, like, it wasn't anything like there was no like bad blood between them and Tiff, and that they were like right, yes. very helpful and like, yes, and uh, also the, the, the programming team were like yes. very generous and yeah, and also that I think that she had not what she had received was not technically a cease and desist. It was just like a general angry email from Warner <laughs> Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what's <laughs> up with that. Uh, and then the sure. other piece it of certainly news. has generated a lot of interest in that. Movie. I know. I was yeah. going to see. Yeah, and I was like. Looking at my Tiffer, and it was like the screening has been canceled because of the movie's been pulled. I was like, "What? That's it just played last night." And then we saw everything yeah. unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the other little piece of news is that uh, Locarno is following suit with uh, Berlin, which I believe is the only other festival, yeah, to have switched to gender neutral acting awards. Uh, which Berlin did at some point. <laughs> during the course of this podcast, yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I don't know. I I would imagine that eventually we'll see the other festivals follow. Was Locarno? So mm-hmm. are, did they say if they're doing? They're just giving out two awards yes, now, right? Yeah, like which, oh, they're not like oh, doing you're, like lead supporting. Yes, or, you're right. Yeah, Berlin does. They do a lead in supporting. supporting, and yes, uh, you're right that Locarno is not breaking it down. It is just two awards. Mm. Uh, which might, you know, like, those those awards do sometimes go to supporting performances anyway, so it could happen. Right. But yeah, I think now we can just get into, I don't know, how does everyone generally feel about TIFF? Jackson, you're our guest, what do you think? Your first TIFF, right? Yeah, first, first TIFF, TIFF ever, mm-hmm. first time in Toronto. Uh, wow. I had a great time. I don't know. Uh, it feels weird judging it sure. walking around like a ten block, basically. Yeah. It's area true. You don't see a lot time. of Toronto when you're no. at <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You were gone Not... before we went to the Blue Jays game. Oh, yeah. So I, I did, mean, like, as no far as as far as activities. like, sure. Yeah, as far as like Toronto generally, I did go away from this trip just being like, oh, I should just move to Toronto. Great uh, town. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Streetcar's great. Um, no, I had a mm-hmm. wonderful time, um, having only been to one other film festival ever where I <laughs> had altitude sickness the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is not a problem in Toronto, usually. Nope, yeah. not I forget it in Toronto. I went too low. <laughs> also, Telluride's so, I don't know, it's so, I mean, it's so short. I guess I was in yeah. Toronto the same amount of time I was in Telluride um, right. five years ago. But, yeah, I just felt less pressure to get to things i like i tried to go to women talking one morning uh foolishly i was like i'm not getting into this and i was like oh no bears is down the hall just go see that like there's always it's it's easy to find backup plans it's easy to just move things around and meet up with people i liked how compact the area of the festival was it made things very easy new ish that was the case last year but not in previous yeah i mean really there's there they used to have two more like theatery theaters that were like yes 15 minutes away instead of but then there was also seven minutes away that um, scotia is from everything but there was also the art gallery of ontario which was like north of the scotia bank i think yeah yeah, uh, and they do still and the Ryerson have, was up there right. Too, the Ryerson's yeah. up near where uh, um, the Elgin Winter Garden are. Are they still doing? They still did stuff at Ryerson? No, no, no. Okay, the yeah, Midnight no. Madness, Midnight Madness moved was into the, yeah, which I think, yeah, yeah. I think last year Titan was at Princess of Wales, and every other Midnight Madness was just in the light box. Uh, but yeah, they, they're, they're still doing a few things at the Cinesphere, which I don't remember if they even did the first two years that we went. Uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. remember if there's anything there the, that first yeah. year I was there. Uh, but I would not recommend going to the Cinesphere yeah. unless you can't see. I there mean, like, was like, just where, far. when they showed like yeah. Dunkirk, wasn't that like at yeah. the Cinesphere? Oh, maybe, yeah. I, that sounds vaguely familiar. 
they didn't know this. Yes, no yeah. was at the Sinosphere. Moon Age Daydream maybe as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they so. had a like they, they had like there. a thing or two every day. I think there, like they had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think we just keep going. Push through. Uh, yeah, we, we'll yeah, we lost yeah, we Emilio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. We'll just keep trucking. Yeah, um, we don't know how much Emilio is going to be this week. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, but it's yes. great, and but also in terms of just selections, of what I was seeing. I mean, me and Jesse were talking about it early on, and I know Jesse hit the bad <laughs> eventually, but I never really hit the bad in terms yeah, of what I, I was watching. I, yeah, I saw a singular yeah. bad movie that yeah. I have no desire to talk about. Uh, I saw a few bad ones. But I was seeing a bunch. Um, I saw, like, I, I believe this... So I believe this year I went to 23 screenings. Uh, two of those were the Wavelengths Shorts program. Uh, and then one of them was the uh, Cinematheque screening of Werkmeister Harmonies, which was mm. probably the best thing that I saw. Yeah. Uh, Albert Sarah did an introduction to Verkmeister Harmonies, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just a very interesting speaker. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, he was, you know, he was like, uh, I think he'd just seen it, and he was like, oh, I'm a crazy person now, so when I watch movies, I'm not just watching them to watch them, I'm always thinking of what can I get out of this movie as a filmmaker? And then he was like, oh, I get this about cinematography and this about dialogue. And then at the end he went, uh, when I'm making a movie, I just kind of, I put the camera down and I hope that something interesting will happen in front of it. When they're making movies in Hollywood, there's never anything interesting happening in front of the camera, so they just move it around very impressively to satisfy their egos, and Bellatar is the one person who can do both of those things. (laughs) Uh, And then we watched the movie, and it was great. Was he late to the introduction? Uh... He showed up, like, right on time, I think. Okay, because he, right before, I was, yeah. I was at Passive Fiction, and he was doing a mm-hmm. Q&A right after, and uh, whoever the programmer was was kind of, like, on delay, on delay. We got it. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's really funny. Like, we yeah, had time I mean, for they... one more question, and then he went yeah, for, like, I eight mean, minutes, and it was awesome. That's, that's funny. I mean, I'm sure that they, like, scheduled, they also, like, put into his schedule that, like, they were going out to kick him out of that theater to let people into another movie as well and yeah. get him to the light box. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, that was very, uh, but so, yeah, like, that. that is 23 screenings, one yeah. bad movie, which it is, I feel like, a better tiff than I have had. Yeah. I think a, uh, also just, like, a logistically, I did a better job of planning it and getting the proper amount of sleep than I have usually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I was not... I saw, I was there, you know, I was there, uh, I got in, uh, Monday late, and I was there until, Mm -hmm. uh, today, Saturday, I left Mm -hmm. early Saturday, and I I saw 19 movies, uh, including, wow, yeah, that's, yeah, one, one night I got four or five a day, right? You were staying by the festival area, though, right? That's true, I had an Airbnb that was, like, uh, Mm -hmm. like, two blocks from the light box, uh, and, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, wonderful uh for those early morning screenings especially and the late night ones where like you didn't have to like um and yeah i was i i you know i i think the latest movie i had got out like a little after 11 or i Mm -hmm. guess well the first night the first night i got in and like rolled out to see glass onion at like 9 30 so that one went to like almost midnight but every every other night it wasn't like i wasn't later than 11 and i off i did a pretty good job of like if i had something that was pretty late. I didn't have anything early. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. basically so, did the same thing, and I did just kind of like make the uh, yeah. determination that based on especially how the schedules of press screening run, screenings run, it just made more sense to be up early than yeah. out late. Yeah. Uh, right. So, so I yeah, yeah I ended up yeah I, I I didn't sleep through through anything. This I year, didn't either. Which I was very it's, proud of myself. Uh, I um, think the first festival in very long time that I had not sleep through a second yeah. of a movie because New York last year I did great except for the 
the second movie I saw, which was on the second day, because the first day I just did Macbeth, uh, I truly, like, three minutes in was just out and never came back. And then after that, I was fine at New York. Uh, but yeah, this time, Tiff, it went great. Yeah. Uh, and I think good. every night except the first night, I got, like, eight hours of sleep. I think I got uh, at least seven a night, yeah. which was yeah. enough, I guess. How, how about so you, much. Jackson? <laughs> I did oh, I mean, I really jam-packed it. I feel like I got maybe six or five a night, but I didn't fall asleep. Yeah. I didn't fall asleep during a yeah. screening, really. Yeah, I mean, I that, like I did a good know, job. Yeah. I think if you're doing just the weekend, that's maybe the way to go. If you had yeah, tried yeah. to continue Random. that, you might have Monday, Tuesday been... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's today? Yeah. Saturday. So yeah, on Thursday night, I fell asleep <laughs> during the shortest movie that I saw, <laughs> Will the Wisp, <laughs> a press screening. <laughs> the movie's an hour long, mm-hmm. and I think it is sort of like, I, I think I saw a good amount of it, and it's a pretty like uh-huh. oblique movie. There's like a lot of like, uh, like jumping around. Like I feel like when Emilio yeah. talked about it, he said that it felt like a three hour like epic that they just condensed down and um... cut out a lot of stuff. And I was like, hmm. either it is like a sort of like, you know, bouncing around sort of like only these essential details movie, or I slept through like 30 minutes of this hour long movie and was really lost <laughs> when I woke sure. up. Uh, I mean, it definitely like, there's kind of like three or four things that happen and they, it it does jump around a lot in time. Like it starts in the future. Yeah. And then is like back to 2011, and then is like then, very quickly in the present. Yeah, and then goes back to the, the future. The most the of it. It was like right before he, like the sort of second, like when he's uh, young and before the first big firefighter musical number. Uh-huh. Like that sort of stuff is where I was out a little bit. Sure. Uh, where I was like asleep, literally just like mm-hmm. uh, was too comfortable in the I was out. <laughs> very empty, you know, Tiff uh, lightbox screening room floor. Yeah. Was that in uh, theater four? Where it's really yeah, warm, four, like theater, a blanket. Yeah, theater floor is all those press screenings are empty. Uh, it was like I, yeah. I had a It's a great place to see a, a movie. But... Where I could, I was like leaning back a little bit in my seat and was able to tuck my feet in front of the seat in front of me. So I had, like, full, like, stretched out legs, and I just zonked out. <laughs> yeah. There's this one other thing I want to talk about that is completely mm-hmm. unsourced, uh, but my friend Winnie, shout out Winnie, I slept in their spare room while in Toronto. Uh, they were telling me that someone did CO2 testing at Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Scotiabank, the CO2 levels were hazardously high. I don't want to uh-huh. say dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> the light box had better know. ventilation, apparently. Light box, you know, if you were in there uh-huh. all the time, you wouldn't get brain damage. <laughs> yeah. The mass situation was less than ideal. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I... I ended up at a very firm rule that was basically just a standardization of how I have been conducting myself at home, which is that if there were two seats free on either side of me and no one in front of or behind me, that felt like enough to take off my mask, which basically only happened at press screenings in theater for at the light box. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, very few people wearing masks. Not yeah, what you want. Yeah. It was like when I, when I was, I was at the airport in DC, and it was like, oh, no one's wearing masks here. I thought this was gonna be like the grocery store where it's like half. And uh, but then when I was leaving Toronto, even though it was in the international terminal and everyone was going back to the United States, most people did have masks on. Maybe yeah. they just thought that because you have to wear a mask when you're on the plane if you're arriving or leaving from Canada that you had to in the airport too. I don't know, but that was odd. And yeah, I'm sick. I think it's not COVID. Uh, but yeah. we'll see. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I did get a uh, exposure alert immediately upon uh-huh. returning to my apartment. So mm-hmm. awesome. We'll see. Um, 
when I uh, I went to New York earlier this year, this is a very quick aside just about COVID <laughs> and travel. I went to New York earlier this year and like flew back. And basically the second I got home, I was like, my throat feels like shit mm-hmm. <laughs> after like being in that, uh, yeah. in, like a very uh, a Southern airport <clears throat> in like Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> where no one was wearing masks and mm-hmm. everyone had on trucker hats. <laughs> um, but I was just, uh, it was a, it was a crazy situation where, Yep. I felt it instantly and definitely had COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, should we just talk about what you've seen, Jackson, since you didn't see too much? Yeah. yeah. Uh, any big sense. standouts for you? Yeah. The standout for me, I think, was Pacifiction. Um, yeah. This is just a, a blast. Uh, I saw yeah. it with Emilio. We were sitting next mm-hmm. to each other, having a great time. Um, Can we talk about Jackson as a seat partner for a movie? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Me and Emilio had a whole day together, just three screenings, yeah, yeah, hanging yeah. out. Right, and a party, right? <laughs> well, well, we don't have to get into that. Get into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can bleep that. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll bleep out party. <laughs> Twice now. <laughs> yeah, you're not editing um, this, Cullen, is my memory. You're welcome to, but... Um, anyway. Um, yeah, Best Destruction was fun. I guess this one is, like, actually... Jackson was the most normal during this one, yeah. I, guess, I, I would <laughs> I mean, say. This one I was like, okay, interesting. Because I, I feel like I wasn't normal only during one of them. So I guess it, dur- during a second one, oh. I also wasn't normal. But we'll get to that. <laughs> this is an intervention, Jackson. I say, yeah. to be clear, I wasn't trying to set up like a roast. No, it was a great experience. It's your it was like 40x. Yeah. Good. We invite you, we invite you on. We, we, we tear you to shreds. We <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I'm fresh meat. It's my first time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tiff freshman. No. <laughs> yeah. Andy Lowe's hazing. Yeah. Um, Will she be down the stairs of Scotia? <laughs> yeah. Down the escalator. escalator. Yeah. Jackson just waiting for the escalator. It takes to you finally extra break. long to get to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pacific. <laughs> so, pacific fiction. Um, I, I like uh, Albert Sarah a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I've only seen his last two features. Uh-huh. Uh, this one, I think, is his best one yet that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, another tale of uh, just decadence and rot from the absolute boy. Um, <laughs> this one has, unlike the last two, I, I mean, I guess Death of Louis the Fourteenth has a central performance, but a very uh, muted one. Right. Jean, yeah, Jean-Pierre Lillo's <laughs> not doing much in that movie. No, he's just kind of hanging out in your yeah. Old. Um, yeah, but this one has an incredible, I think, lead performance. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of just the performance of the year for me so far. Yeah, Benoit um, Majumel, uh, one can best actor for the piano teacher. I think he won the César for best actor last year for like oh some French movie that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Uh, cause it, Caesar's do. Yeah, because it was it showed up on my uh, what like a local theater page. Like this is the movie that Benoit Mejamel won best actor for at the Caesar's, and I was like, oh, that's fun. I guess he's good. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, he's given like yeah. You cited a review uh, saying that he's like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown, which I did oh, see sure. like visually uh-huh. almost immediately. Yeah, it's very like that kind of movie star role a nicholson or like yeah someone like that he looks kind of like sean penn interesting see i <laughs> had uh the two i thought of were john lovitz and southland tales um, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit just this like brick wall of a man that's funny because i like, did oh wait you're a little sad and uh-huh way. yeah um, and the, also who's the other gonna kill people a lot <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, and then the other one I thought of was Mike Myers. <laughs> he did look like. <laughs> he said he looked like a Pentaveric character. I think he looked like that's a Pentaveric funny. character a little bit. Yeah, um, that's. Yeah. It's funny that you say uh, um, Southland Tales because I think I wrote on Letterboxd, like, oh, everyone keeps saying Lynch, and I'm like, 
I I get why people are saying it because the end gets very surreal. But yeah. the surrealism and also just the movie in general felt more like Richard Kelly to me than David Lynch. No, you're, yeah, I thought of that. Like, there's a part about halfway through. I yeah. guess it, uh, when he pulls out some binoculars to look at a summer. Oh room, yeah, and the binoculars are very sci-fi right know, there's like, definitely sh- that sh- but yeah <laughs> i mean right. it is also just yeah, like it's a movie. kind of southland tailsy milieu much more than it's a lynch milieu yeah, uh, you yeah. know i guess the other kelly movies are closer to like a lynch suburby thing yeah uh but yeah i don't know that it, it it yeah that that is what I feel like the better touch point for the uh, type of surrealism that he's engaging in is, uh, and yeah I yeah I am I'm looking forward to seeing it again even though it's very long because I had only seen Death of Louis the Fourteenth which I saw like when it came out at uh what I believe was then called the Film Society of Lincoln Center uh, in probably the Howard Gilman Theater, maybe Francesca Beale, one of those. Uh, And I was just like, I don't get this. Uh, And so I was like more (laughs) on the wavelength this time, but do feel like I'm in the kind of like almost there where I'm like a lot of this is really transfixing. Uh, I'm real. I'm into it, but like, uh, you don't feel like I was like 100 percent there yet. Yeah, in the way this is the first one are. I was like 100 mm-hmm. percent, and I think having a lead performance that's very right, yeah, charismatic. I, I uh-huh. like in its own sinister, creepy <clears throat> way. Um, mm-hmm. really helped with it and helped give me an anchor for it. But yeah, I just found it very, I found it really funny uh, for a, for a lot of a couple stretches of it. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just me sort of arriving at finding it funny and mm-hmm. instead of the movie hitting a button. And then the last forty five minutes, I found completely transfixing because there's just no dialogue after a while, and it's just yeah. them all waiting to uh, die. Basically, <laughs> spoilers. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a movie about a party that goes on for too long. Yeah, like, that's a really good call. Should, yeah, mm-hmm. we all should have left an hour ago, and now nobody's having fun anymore. Yeah, that's kind of what the vibe of Passive Fiction eventually becomes. You're right. It's just a lot of mm-hmm. flashing lights and like fancy cocktails, but no mm-hmm. one is happy, and no one really has anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like. They should have turned the lights on and kicked everybody out like an hour yeah. ago. But yeah. instead, everyone's still here pretending we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a strong call. I don't know. I don't. I think the movie's good. I, I basically found all of it compelling. I feel like it's such an interesting looking movie mm-hmm. that you, it's like even if you're yeah. not like necessarily like getting yeah. something from yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's like never. Yeah, not yeah. Worth I was watching. never like a like. Uh, Death of Louis the Fourteenth. I was like actively bored during. I was never bored at this movie. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. There is also looks, this weird it... thing where like Albert Sarah is the last person that you would call woke, but he does kind of just like stumble backwards into wokeness in it this is movie. That. Yeah, because yeah, I was I, I and I was reading his statement in the press notes, so there is. A, a, a trans character in the movie who eventually becomes Benoit Majumel's love interest. And reading him talking about that character, I was like, okay, so no, he doesn't really have any idea of uh, just, like, a- any idea about just, like, gender politics or anything he wants to say about that. And there was, like, some background about uh, this specific the the actor who is playing the character it sounds like there's like very specific stuff with gender that happens on the island uh where this is set where like uh, children who are assigned male at birth are just like raised uh, socialized female so that they can hold traditionally feminine jobs so like i i I would be interesting to hear that actor talk about their experience being in the movie but also just like i basically the thing that he said where i was like oh yeah you are just right here is where he was like i like to see uh, do something in a movie that no one's seen before 
and the the relationship between Shauna and Benoit Magimel's character felt like that to me. And I'm like, yes, I have never seen a movie yeah. where like a big movie star is in a relationship with a trans person and it is never commented upon that they are trans and that never plays into the relationship or the plot of the movie. So I was well, like, also the whole background you just said, I, I mean, and it's the Southland tales like again to me where it's just this insi- like this crazy lore going on behind the scenes yeah. and like then the movie's like but yeah you you can just like grab it whatever yeah. you need to uh-huh. and yeah it doesn't like how Southland tales starts at like chapter 4 and you're like wait what, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what sure. are you talking about um, yeah no but yeah it's just that i don't know i felt very absorbed by the whole world of this movie mm-hmm. in a way and i felt just like it was fully imagined in all of its just gross, sweaty simplicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He clearly, like, he strikes as a guy who's just, like, he's interested in just, like, depicting something interesting at any time, at, at every time, where he's just like, what if this, mm-hmm. well, like, this is an interesting thing from here. Let's just put it on camera to see what happens until, like, by the until we reach whatever point he wants to end but like he wants the movie to end on obviously like there is like a sort of overarching plot mm-hmm. and like thing developing but it, w- what it is moment to moment feels largely inspired by what just seems most compelling yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i didn't necessarily get this from the introduction that he gave to Workmeister Harmonies, maybe this was more the case at the Q&A, but, like, I have heard that, like, the persona that he puts on at film festivals is, like, very much a bit, and you can just, like, have a drink with him, and he's a chill guy. But It he, seemed like a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is funny that more directors should do that, just, like, uh, show up to your Q&A and do a bit, yeah. antagonize the audience. Uh <laughs> Yeah, just be in your ritu. Every director should be in your ritu, basically. God, I mean that <laughs> that interview he gave where over where Andy, I truly he gave that interview where over the course of a single question he went from I've never read a review of one of my movies to I maybe I'm just gonna stop making movies because the Bardo reviews are so bad. It's really just Aww. come on, guy. What are you talking Aww. about? Speaking of director Q and A's, the director for um, Dehimani Corpora's Fabrica, sure. uh, what's yeah. his name? Lucian Lucian Casting Taylor, yeah. co-director. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, with uh, Verena Perry. Yeah, Pavero. this is where Emilio can go off on me as an audience <laughs> member if he wants. <laughs> what my screening desperately needed was someone who was dancing at the end because uh, I was freaking out. Um, but yes, he was a great Q and A. There was a there, the whole movie's about surgery, um, and someone asked him. They're like, "There's the scene in the Albert Brooks movie Real Life where Charles Grodin's performing surgery on a horse." And kills the horse because he's nervous that the cameras are there. And he was like, did you think about this, like, at all? Like, I'm thinking about the place of the cameras, like, in the, you know, the the operating room. Like, are you were you nervous at all? And he's like, you know, I don't know that movie. I don't really watch any movies at all. He's like, I'm not really a cinephile, so I right. don't know that movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's like an academic. It's the, yeah, yeah, the Harvard he, it, Sensory Ethnography Lab is, which, is uh, where the, he works. And I think other he also answers, teaches... Yeah, all of his other answers and, like, everything about his vibe that sort of led to me being, like, maybe I won't ask him my question if anything <laughs> makes him sick, like, nauseous, <laughs> because of how gross this is. Yeah. Yeah, did you ever vomit while holding the camera? Oh, yeah, while editing, <laughs> like, the footage of the penis draining, uh, or phallus, excuse me, uh, draining <laughs> fluid. Yeah. There was, I yeah, I saw that that the first day of the festival, and I think then I think the next day, maybe during the screening that one of you are at, I was seeing uh, one of the 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 double feature that they did in uh, wavelengths, and Sharon Lockhart, one of the directors, during the introduction, like had her hair up, and uh, then she 
came back with her hair down and, like, sat on the stage and was like, I just saw some Illusions movie. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like, took a yeah, lot out I of mean, her. Yeah. It looked like it. But I think, I think uh, you know, everyone, it, it was also yeah. late. Everyone was just tired. Sure, sure, it, sure, was, sure. Uh, it was a good move, I think, that I saw replicated a couple of times of that, in that theater of, like, we can just sit down while we do our Q&A. Uh, yeah. But the humanity's great. Like, what can yeah. you really say about it? It's just yeah. uh, very interesting stuff to watch. It's a... Uh, put together compellingly it certainly isn't just like it certainly isn't just uh a collection of footage mm. that is put together in a way that yeah. it that asks you to consider what is going on uh-huh. maybe a little too much right i mean i stuff, sure but... i can do my little devil's advocate bit which is that i, I i'm still feeling I, I i backed down from this a little bit but i'm still feeling somewhat ambivalent about the like non-surgery footage of just like mm-hmm. old people in distress uh where like i was explaining it to a friend and he was like is this is it, like a documentary ethics issue and i was like i mean maybe because like yes i don't think those people I, I needed or wanted or were able to consent to being filmed. No, it it yeah. sounded like maybe like their families maybe had. But anyway, yeah. the issue for me was more just like, this is even more unpleasant to watch yeah. than the surgery yeah. stuff. And unlike the surgery stuff, it's not also fascinating. I, I'm just like, but it's I don't know. There's, there is just shot, like, like enough good where I'm like, I, it, I I I probably will fall much more positive on the movie than I was right afterwards because there is just a lot of really memorable stuff and like it, it is working towards the sort of like central metaphor that they're building mm-hmm. of like the the hospital and the human body. I I just think that there's more effective ways that they were able to do that. Like there's a great scene where they're sending something through a pneumatic tube and they like attach mm-hmm. a camera to it, and I'm like, just do that ten times yeah. instead of the old yeah. people. Like do it like a Wiseman thing where like every time yeah. you go to a new surgery uh, you get to the stage, pneumatic, yeah. yeah, you yeah. go through the pneumatic tube. I mean, they filmed a lot. Uh, right like, over yeah. like seven years, they've been working on it, and they mm-hmm. got like the full. Um, cooperation of these French hospitals because, like, the sort of head of whatever hospitals they were filming at uh, was, like, a cinephile uh, right. per the yeah. director. And he was, like, he had worked with Chris Marker on movies and was, like, really <laughs> excited to let us, like, do everything. And then, mm-hmm. like, with the concern of ethics, he talked about getting, like, everyone who's in the movie, either the person or the family, signed a release. There was one person, because I guess they filmed a lot um, with, like, ambulances and, like, house calls and stuff like that that didn't really make it into the movie and there was a patient who had like a cerebral hemorrhage at his house and uh they like filmed it and everything went okay and it was like afterwards he was like i actually didn't want that like to be filmed and he was like of course and like we cut it out because like when he had agreed to it he obviously wasn't of right mind yeah um and then there was like they they show a morgue at the end and one right. of the people in the morgue yeah. was apparently just like a homeless person that had no family and no contact mm-hmm. information. So there was like, you see them, but, and they didn't get a consent form yeah. for them, obviously. And that was like the only one, mm-hmm. uh, the one that they talked about, like the first surgery you see, I think is when they're like operating on the guy's skull and they're like oh. putting screws in. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that one hurts a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently he had like three procedures and every time he was like, do you guys want to come film me again? <laughs> I was like really into it, uh, which is really funny. I thought when he was like, he was like, yeah, every time he uh, had a surgery, cause like, uh, you know, the guy Lucian is like a very sort of like imposing yeah. British mm-hmm. guy, English man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks a lot like Peter Stormare, I think, uh, but he's got like long mm-hmm. hair and uh-huh. like he's dressed like um, the guy from Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and he's just like, He's like, yeah, and then he uh, 
He's like, he just ha- kept asking us to come back and film him again, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, it all didn't it, make it, it, in. it is a movie with like Michael Wincott from the. <laughs> sure. <lives>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're like, like he's looking at yeah the footage. Uh-huh. Is like, oh, fucking God. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, just looking at, at a footage of like two lions biting each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if the dick guy has seen the movie. Yeah, I think they talked That's a good about question. It a bit. They were like, someone was asking which of the if anyone uh-huh. had seen it, and he was like, "We're still just like screening it at festivals. Right, like yeah. a lot of the people haven't had a chance." Sure. He was like, "I think a lot of the doctors they maybe showed it for them or something." Sure, doctors could go to can probably. Sure, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're walk the carpet. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, in scrubs. Yeah, zero mm-hmm. whole to do. TJ Miller and Paris Hilton. Yeah, with a giant fourteen yeah. minutes standing ovation for the real heroes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should have done Let's that. Let's talk I, about they it. Could've... They could they could have argued to get on like competition and like we'll just bring a bunch of French doctors and we'll be great PR. <laughs> yeah, everybody will clap for a long time. Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, but that was one that I know that um, you had seen Jackson. A lot of us had seen. It. It's, I think yeah. the ending. Yeah, yeah. Like, ending's so, great. I, it's so good. I was. Yeah, uh, it's such to me a dangerous ending to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, play I Will Survive at the end of a (laughs) documentary about surgery and morgues. Uh, It's almost just too much of ironic whiplash, but I think it works great. And then it's an even bigger swing to play like five-sevenths of Blue Monday right after that. Like the full, like not a radio edit. (laughs) No. Full length song. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's weird because like you watch like uh, the other sort of Harvard SEL movies and there's mm-hmm. not like licensed music in any of them, really. Like you might hear like I, I can't remember specifically if there's like radios in Leviathan at all, but like yeah. something like Monica Mana, like uh, there's none. It's sure. just uh, the sort of sounds that occur. And then uh, for a lot of the movie, it's just the surgery sounds. Mm-hmm. And th- apparently he talked about this also in the Q&A where he was like, it's not all the same sounds that are with the footage it's like mm. they recorded sounds elsewhere and if it fit with the footage they would use it a little bit and like uh-huh. um but then it, it just ends and it like they're at this big party uh apparently like you talked about this they have these like big parties at the bottom the sort of cellars of these french hospitals <laughs> and uh like all the doctors have these parties and it's also like their mess hall basically and there's like uh, the the whole sort of section it's like a retirement ceremony for one of the doctors mm-hmm. and they're playing I Will Survive and everyone's dancing and they start playing Blue Monday and it's just panning across these uh, like erotic fresco paintings of current and former doctors from the hospital uh, in I mean, crazy erotic. like sex positions yeah, yeah erotic like, like my penis is being held up by a kite that's flying yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. like very like uh you know, I get uh, more pornographic, I guess, than erotic. Uh, um, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, uh, hypersexual. <laughs> what but, are we uh, talking about right now? What is happening? This is, and then, uh, uh, but he talks about he's like, this is like where they just have all their normal meals, like in the middle of the day, yeah. and, or like at whatever time. And he was like, but there's also like a captain of the doctors who runs the restaurant, like runs the mess hall, and if you break any of like the very specific rules, you have to face a punishment. And he was like, and it's usually like a punishment that's sort of sexual in nature. You have to get up and he's like, you have to flash your bum or your dick or your boobs. And I was like, this is insane. What the hell? I know, it's crazy. It's these like French French people. Right, this is my letterbox review. No, I'm not giving him the pass for being French, I'm sorry. This is my letterbox review is I was like, this movie looks crazy, but I think that's just because they're French. In America, I think we look normal inside. To be a little gross. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh but yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. maybe more stuff I, we could talk about. I do also think we maybe should do Germuga and Murphy because we have some plans to talk about Fablemans, oh, but I don't sure. think Andy's gonna be there. What? Okay. And just because of how scary Andy all to myself. Out, uh, yeah, a guest asked to talk about the Fablemans. Everyone else is, yeah. During Everyone the time else hates Andy's the Fablemans, Andy. So we gotta. <laughs> That's right. It's gonna be us against the world and recognizing that the Fablemans might have some yeah. good parts. This is good. We should do Fable. This is like my one, two, three of the festival. So yeah. Great. Fablemans, 
fucking rocks i don't know <laughs> yeah it's a tremendous uh, a tremendous uh, portrait of uh of adolescence and growing up and yeah uh what like what you get from your parents and what your parents can't give you yeah and um and yeah i think like and it's just like really like thoughtful and well observed and like and I think, like, it avoids, like, obviously there's a lot of, like, sentimentality to yeah. it. It is a Steven Spielberg movie about his childhood. But I think there is enough, like, the thing that I really struck, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today in text, like, the amount of how, how much of it is about him, like, learning craft. Yeah. Like, him learning, like, the mechanics of, like, movie making and how to, like engineer the things that he wants to have in his yeah. movies and like figures out these little tricks and whatever and like poking that, holes in the film right yeah. exactly like all that stuff or and, directing like, actors even yeah right yes, like yeah. him like learning like sensing like i have a talent for this like clearly like i am like drawn to this but like i am i want to get good at it and i want to get better at it and i want to discover new things about it and so like it, yeah, how much it is, like, about a character who is, like, trying to improve himself at his craft, I think, is just, like, a wonderful, like, spine for the whole thing that, like, all this other, like, deep emotional stuff and family drama and all that sort of stuff can hang yeah. off of it really, really well. How much he wants to surprise, yeah, like, like build his craft around it, but also, I mean, they, it's the line very early on in the movie when he's filming the train set to replicate the train set. That the train set, the train accident that he sees in, in the greatest show on earth, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his mom, Michelle Williams, is like, Oh, he wants to control it, uh, he wants yeah. to be able to put it into a little box and make it a spectacle and make it all these things. Yeah. And I mean, I think, and I, that's always, I mean, that's been the knock against Spielberg, but also what makes him who he is and why he, I think, is an essential artist is because he. Watching this movie, you're fully like, oh, I'm supposed to feel this right now. Like, he's very forward about mm-hmm. it. He's very right. like, this is the emotion you need to feel. It's not going to sneak up on you, really. Yeah. No, no. He And then it just works or it doesn't. And that's that's your takeaway for a Spielberg movie, basically. And it's fun to see that here, like, as a, like, in his early, like, the films he's making in the film, where he's like, okay, this soldier's, like, this scene needs to be sad. You need to right, be really yes. sad here. And the audience yeah, can be really scene. sad during this scene. Yeah, and how he gets, like, yeah, the, the guy who's, like, yeah, right, know. and the guy is, like, resistant to even the idea of, like, acting. Or he's yeah. like, but, what, like, you want me to act? <laughs> right. And then, like, he gets him to a place where he's, like, I'm ready to do this. And, like, yeah. then, like, commits so hard that even when he calls cut, he's, like, still... Keeps walking. It's so yeah. funny. Um, I guess, yeah, we probably don't want to get too much into more, like, details and surprises and stuff for, for these, but... Sure. Um, um, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Keep going. that's, that's okay. But yeah, I do like, it's, yeah, right. It's, I think it's an exciting movie. I think it like, it's one, like it, it, it is, it is a Tony Kushner screenplay. There's some great Tony Kushner stuff in there. I feel like a lot of the, like the D- Judd Hirsch character especially yeah. is like, could, like I've been saying, like, he's basically the yeah. rabbi from the first scene of Angels in America, who's like. And it's just wonderful. I mean, an um, incredible one scene, like, or one or two scene performance, like, almost yeah. steals the movie. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to give him an applause when he's, like, leaving, like, an yeah. applause break when he's leaving. And he's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's a great movie. I'm excited to, to have it in our mm-hmm. lives and to watch it again. Uh, I've um, seen it twice. It's so good. <laughs> I know. Cullen went to, saw it twice at the film festival. If you know of anyone else who has seen it twice, please let us know. Because I, I, I'm working on the theory that, that Cullen is, oh, like, really? the yeah. first in the world. Okay. Great Good company. company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I and should I, say like, that, Amelia, you're welcome to talk about Fable Mids as well, because we don't know how long we have you for. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's a good movie. I think it is genuinely, like, I think it has an interesting relation. It, it has a more interesting relationship with his work than I think would come off from just like watching the trailer or just like on first blush. Like yeah. if you, I thought about like Bergman Island when I was watching it, which I think is also like, which is more of directly about a movie about like 
what are what relationship you the art you make has with like the holes you're trying to fill in your yeah. life mm-hmm. yeah and i think the fableman does get into it and i do think <clears throat> like it occasionally will dip into like him being a great artist and being like the script maker of things but also examining like this is maybe not come this is the, the the some of the stuff that is coming from like holes he feels like are present in his real life is maybe not like the best thing and i do think he does feel it does show like maybe some remorse for like his work and the greater culture's relationships with it especially in terms of just like his movie's relationship to like women or just like traditional masculinity or just Mm -hmm. like what the american blockbuster has become in like the psyche and just like where those things are coming from and maybe how where those things are coming from are not like the healthiest place in the world it's a very i think yeah there's a there's a sickness in the movie uh, in a way um and it's weird because i hadn't seen the trailer till after watching the movie and i i we voiced this together but i think the trailer's not very good um and i i don't know i just it's very much leading with the like Movies are magic. Movies are yeah. dreams. Movies are da, da 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 We love movies. Movies are so cool. Um, which you know, great. I love it. Also, sure. but um, no, but <laughs> no, but I think like the movie is very complicated. I about that relationship with it. I was telling. I was talking about it after, and I don't think it's a movie that's trying to sell you on the magic of movies or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I think it is about just more about this person's very primal draw to it as a medium. Right. And yeah. Right. His way to control the world through it in a right, very, and in a way that is inevitably going to fail. Um, yeah. And he has to face the tragedy of that. Um, right. But it's very, I don't know. It's very, <clears throat> it's very sad in that way. It's a very sad movie yeah. to me. I think there's like a lot of melancholy to it. There's like, we were talking with, other people about certain scenes and how they read them and it's like there's a scene where Michelle Williams is doing this like dance by their campfire and I thought it was like an incredibly sad scene and people were talking about it as a more sort of romantic like sensational like Oedipal scene for Spielberg and I was like or for Sammy Fableman, excuse me. Uh, different guy. He'll be like, none of this happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what if he goes on to like a full press tour that's like, what are you talking about? Why do you think this is based on me? It's about Tony <laughs> Kushner, not me. <laughs> like, I don't care about John Ford. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it is like a, a, a quite uh, melancholy experience. And then like with occasional pops of like, humor and like it is a tony kushner movie it is a spielberg movie like you're saying there's schmaltz they get a lot of like crowd pleasing scenes seeing it with a juice up crowd is great obviously yeah um full applause breaks for lines it's Um, true yeah that yeah it's a great film festival movie for sure like yeah yeah. um he's like i gotta do this all the time (laughs) yeah get a reception (laughs) like that I mean, I'm sure a Steven Spielberg premiere gets a very warm reception, even huh. if it's not in a film People booed. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like, I'm very curious how it's going to settle with, sure. like, the general public. Like, yeah. it de- it definitely feels like, like it is momentous to, like, people who love movies and, and all that, but, like, I don't... It, and I don't know how it can be that to the general public who who don't love movies that as much yeah. and like don't. I do, I do wonder what if somebody did watch it and was like, "Yeah, Sammy Fableman, sure." I, this is about who, yeah, like, right, like, right, yeah. Somebody like not who has no relationship to Spielberg and like <clears throat> what they would think of it necessarily. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just like it's very pretty. It's oh. it's like funny a lot of times. I think it's just it, I think it's compelling moment to moment enough that I think it would win a lot of people over. But I do think right. I think I do think it would. It is to a certain extent valid to come in to it with a little cynicism, and if like maybe that won't work, and like maybe you it won't like win you over. Like that certainly I can understand having that point of yeah. view. But I I too 
I went into it with a little cynicism, and yeah. I and I would found more one over as the movie gone went on, yeah. especially. And like, um, yeah, and I, and like, I do like the characters are pretty big. Like they're like it's oh, a yeah. bi- pretty big Michelle Williams performance. I guess yeah. Dano's a little more restrained, but like still mm-hmm. is. But he's big in his Dano way. way. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He does some goofy stuff for sure. Right. And like you know, Rogan's like doing her like you, you got um uh what's her name uh Elaine May's daughter yeah. oh uh, uh Jeannie Berlin. Berlin Jeannie Berlin right yeah it's crazy yeah her daughter giving a big <laughs> Jeannie Berlin performance uh yeah I mean yeah it's like yeah there's a lot of big like crowd pleasing characters in it I yeah think that, like, David people... Lynch is in the movie and he shows up and you're like this guy's like basically like on par with everyone who's shown up so far yeah. right yeah 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 <laughs> I mean. Um, it's a great I want God, I would love to like have behind the scenes of the direction of that. Yeah, scene. I mean that's yeah. so great. I would love to see how. Yeah, that... they 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 definitely should just like at some point in the promotion like get see if they can get Lynch to do the DGA whatever interview spiel. Oh, really like that'd that. be great. Yeah, can he? I don't know. Like, can you give an interview? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they've had like Michael Mann Steve? on. He can't give an interview, really. <laughs> like, that hasn't yeah. stopped the DGA podcast before. Yeah. It's all. I feel like he would just be like, he would be like, the thing about carrot is, uh, yeah, right. like, yeah. You made a great movie, Steve. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, what, what was the weather like on the day you shot that? <laughs> it's a very blunt question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like, this one's more of a comment. Uh, like, fully, like, sucks. Can I pitch you on something? <laughs> I wrote a script. Will you read it? <laughs> She's like, you give me Can notes I- on my screenplay. Really ET two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be funny if ET and Jaws met. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I we don't need to talk about this movie yet necessarily, but I did get by far the funniest. I'm gonna try to pitch you on something during a Q and A that I've ever seen at a film festival during this one, which is that after all the beauty and bloodshed, as they were wrapping up, they were like, we have time for one more question, and this guy was like, the balcony, maybe? And they were like, okay, we couldn't Uh see the balcony, ask your question. And he's like, "Uh, I've noticed uh, seeing through lines through your movies about the intelligence agency and Big Pharma, and I'm wondering if you've ever thought of making a movie about Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. And then he went on for a while, said the names of a number of people and organizations I didn't recognize. Poitras was just kind of through the whole thing, like rolling her eyes. And then the uh, moderator repeated the question just as, what's the through line from your previous work to this sure, movie? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> the guy's uh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> from the balcony? He just jumps off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The conspiracy's gotten to you. Yeah. <laughs> They're erasing my question. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. What was that? Well, yeah. Look for yeah. lots more like this coming from us all yep. this week. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we're going to have, yeah, movies most days. I think tomorrow uh, we're going to have CJ Prince. On Wednesday, yeah. we're going to have uh, Meg Shields and Anna Swanson. Uh, all returning to the show, uh, and then more people. Uh, we can keep going. Uh, who knows how yeah, long the sure. TIFF coverage will run? Uh, yep, could be months. We gotta send something to them because they gave us accreditation. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. What if next year we yeah. were just like, well, we've got this episode that we did last week that's still on last year's TIFF. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Listen, it may be possible. Those movies take a while to come out. Yeah. Uh yeah, next year at TIFF, I'm just a- asking everybody like wh- if they thought about directing a Marvel movie. That's good. 
<laughs> I like that. Yeah, you as the Dehumani guy. Have you met like... with Kevin Feige? Oh yeah, that yeah. is. I, I can, yeah, I mean, I can also say that uh, earlier today I interviewed uh, Antoine Borges, uh, director of Concrete Valley. So we'll have that interview out at some point this week as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of keep, stuff in the works. Keep looking out. Uh, uh, yeah, Jackson, uh, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, I am not working on anything in particular. Uh, I will plug my Twitter account, which is at jkimmurphy, the letter Mm -hmm. J, middle name Kim, last name Murphy, jkimmurphy altogether is one. Uh, Mm -hmm. and follow me on my journey as I continue to try to learn how to use a professional twitter account mm-hmm. yeah um fun yeah jk murphy is going professional mode <laughs> yep i'm going professional yeah. mode remember you got a lot of attention when you did that uh batman villain rankings you, you right also, like, uh, oh yeah you yeah i definitely the... got like mean emails about that yeah <laughs> broke <laughs> lynch and uh, fablemans right right yeah you broke the lynch and fablemans oh yeah i wrote yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's you know what crazy, to do I guess. hit that follow button for more david lynch updates <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do i remember <laughs> trying really hard to convince you to put bane at number one on your uh, batman yeah. list <laughs> i feel like a lot of us were like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like, you got to put the Bane and Batman and Robin above the Bane and Batman (laughs) and the Dark Knight Rises. I I did not include the Bane. Yeah, so he doesn't have enough lines. He's where's the hat? Have you seen the hat? All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jackson. Jackson. And always great to talk to you. All right, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram, you can do it at C-I-K-I-Pod. If you'd like to donate any money to us, you can do so at coffee.com slash canI, ko-fi.com slash C-A-N-N-E-S-I. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to email us in, you can do that at canikickitpod at gmail.com. And if you want to follow any of us on Twitter, Andy is at Andy T. Germ. I'm at Cladley. Emilio is I'm Laugh Alone, and Jesse is JCP Glick Weber with two Bs. And I will now release our audience. Bye-bye.